0: Meditation is in two parts according to the Tiantai school of meditation which is what the Buddha taught the coming part in introspection part and then we finish off with counting and we're in the process of finishing following and then we go into stabilization because what we are talking about is just a summary now how do we realize following One becomes aware of the breath as now long, as now short, as now permeating the body, and now going out, coming in and going out. The mind and the breath are in a state of mutual independence. The mind, the breath, has become fine and subtle, peaceful and still, etc., etc. And you may also be realizing the the sixteen superior phenomena, which we talk about, the sixteen superior phenomena um, are actually the measuring yardstick of how much realization of following you have, how much realization of counting you have. Uh, so it's very important that you know that, that you know the criteria. Next, the practitioner becomes aware that. Following is a coarse activity. The mind becomes adverse to it and works to relinquish it. At this time, he should relinquish following and cultivate stabilization. Now, as you meditate more and more and more and more, you'll be aware that following is a coarse activity because why do I have to follow my breath? like? Before, uh, when, I, when we first started out, we did counting. And then counting has become an attachment. And then we switch on to following. And now following seems to be an attachment now. It's, it's, it's something that I have to attach to. Why do I have to count? So get rid of whatever attachment that comes to you, you get rid of it, right? So following has become a course activity that is not subtle enough, that's not fine enough, it's not wonderful enough, it's not a wonderful dharma. So the mind becomes adverse to it. I don't want to attach to following, even though following has given me stillness of mind, has given me equanimity of mind and subtle and fine breath and all that. Um, At this time, I don't want to follow anymore. I am in stabilization. Actually, stabilization or calming, whatever you want to call it, is not something that you grasp on. I want stabilization, no. It comes naturally. After you have become successful in counting, successful in following, stabilization is something that is spontaneous, natural. It becomes, it just exists that you take some existence that you take on. So that's stabilization. The cultivation and realization of stabilization. While counting or following with single-pointedness of mind, the practitioner becomes aware of the body and the mind seeming to vanish entirely, entering into meditative absorption the body and the mind don't exist anymore. The body and the mind, the body is taking in the breath, uh, exceeding the breath. And then the mind is feeling the stillness, the subtlety. And all these things seems to vanish. You don't, you don't have to cling to them anymore he gains realisation of an empty and still absorption. Absorption in the, in the Pali language is jhana, you get into jhana, or, or, or dhyana, you get into jhana, through which he becomes aware of the body and mind as uh, quiescent, secure, and blissful. Nothing whatsoever is taken as an objective condition or is born in mind. What does that mean? You don't feel itchy anymore. You don't feel, I'm going to sleep anymore because nothing of this is born in mind because you are in stabilization. You're in calming. And as it is so controlled, the breath is so controlled, the stabilization is so good, then it becomes focused and stillness. Bringing all recollection, rumination, expectation to a halt. What does that mean? There's no past, no future, and no present. Recollection is about bringing up the past and think about it. The past unhappiness, the past happiness, the past agony. You don't bring the past onto the present. Your past depression, you don't have that anymore. You, w- you will not be involved in recollection of the past. You will also not be worrying about the future. The expectation is for the future. You don't worry about the future. No past, no future. And how about the present? The rumination of the present, you know the present does not ex- exist because every minute takes it away. This is samadhi, then you come to a samadhi. But the practitioner gradually feels that it is devoid of any skillful means related with wisdom, prajna. Now at this point, because you are in stabilization, and remember, meditation is in two parts, calming and introspection. Actually, when we say, Counting following stabilization. It seems to be one step after the another. It is not like that. Actually, counting is immersed with, with, with prajna, with introspection. In other words, when you are counting, you are also involved in, in prajna, in the wisdom of how to count, why do I have to count, why the breath, you're, you already have the element of prajna in every one of the calming. It's not a distinct a distinct step by step. Don't think that in in calming there is no wisdom. In calming there is no introspection. Actually, it's all in there. It happens at the same time. Prajna also uh, exists or happen or being caught up. In following and in stabilization, of course. When, you, when it's the stabilization, because you find out that even stabilization calming, forgetting about the breath, forgetting about following, and you are in stillness, you are in quiescent, secure, and blissful, then you somehow, you, what do I depend on? Because you're so used to depending on the breath, depending on the following that all of a sudden, what do I depend on? There's no dependence. And then you start to look for conceptual dependence, which is prajna. I don't know if you understand what I mean. I hope you understand. And all these, how do I know that my mind is stabilized? How do I know that my mind is calmed down? How do I know that I come to subtlety. How do I know that my breath is gone? How do I know that my body and mind vanishes? You check with the sixteen superior phenomena. If you're fully aware the breath is coming in, you're in stabilization peacefulness, but you still, Oh, I might, if I want to put my mind on the breath, I know my breath comes in, and I'm aware that my, my breath comes, goes out, I'm aware of my breath. It's long, it's short, it's subtle. I have this mental experience of joy. I have this mental experience of concentration. I have the mental experience of liberation. I have the mental experience of renunciation. All those 16 superior phenomena are the measuring yardsticks of how good you are in your meditation, in your stabilization. It's not one distinct procedure of following, counting and stabilization. They all come together. But in stabilization, because your mind is sitting so still, that your mind involves more with conceptual prajna, with wisdom. And this is what it is. Because when you, in, when you are in counting, following, you are so much involved with counting and following that you didn't have the depth to go into wisdom, to go into prajna. Now you have the depth now because your mind is so peaceful and still. So once you finished up with your mind is so peaceful and still, then you're involved more with introspection now. But actually the introspection happens in all other parts too. But now you're involved more with introspection. Now we're finished with calming, stabilization. Now we get into introspection. Some people say, I have been searching for method of meditation for all my life. (laughs) You know, searching everywhere how to meditate. And don't search anymore. This is there. This is what the Buddha taught. How long will I be successful in how long would it take for me to be successful in counting, in following, and in actually coming down the mind? How long would that take me? Take some people, several months, some people, several years, or one's lifetime. We don't know. Depends on how much you have accumulated from previous lives and in this life. So don't ask anyone. How long? How do I, how do, where do I know? How do I know where will I go? You know. To you, it could be several months, several years, one lifetime. Even one lifetime is not enough. Maybe 10 lifetimes, 20 lifetimes. Don't look for meditation technique anymore. A rolling stone gathers no moss. You're wasting your time. This is what the Buddha taught, and you still look for more. There are always people who are always looking for schools, and they never register with the school. And they become a professional seeker of good school. And they are a stone that gathers no moss. Because it's, it's that, you're, you're that stone that's been rolling around and around for your whole life. And you want to gather Mars. No way. A rolling stone gathers no Mars. Stick to one. Just like you're in Alberta, they're dr- drilling an oil well. We know there's 10,000 hectares or, or 100, 100 hectares of land. There's oil in there already. Concentrate in one location. Don't go from one location, half drill and go into another location. Continue to drill and drill and drill until you get the oil because we know it's there. Don't go around anymore. Why waste time? Finish up with counting. Finish up with following. Go into stabilization. Now, get into the introspection part. Now, the practitioner's mind is immersed in absorption, preliminary samadhi. He continues to to inspect his fine and subtle in and out breath as a wind in the midst of space. Even though you're left counting your first preliminary stage, sometimes when you start to meditate, you can always get back to your breath. It does not mean your breath is all forgotten. And also this production of joy, experience of bliss, experience of liberation, experience of emancipation from suffering and all that happen to you when you are in meditation. When you get on meditation, you'll be just like an average Joe Blow who's always greedy, jealous. (laughs) We don't know. As time goes on when you practice meditation, that average Joe Blow's personality has changed. We call it a paradigm shift. You have a paradigm shift. You may not realize it. You shift from being an ordinary, ignorant, sentient being into a saint. And that comes gradually. That paradigm shift is something that may not be noticed by you. But it comes gradually. And in it, there's also hardship of meditation that you have to overcome. Okay. He also begins to introspect because now he's so good with, in meditation, he's so good with counting, with following, with calming, that he has more time to drill further into prajna. Before, he didn't have that much time because he was really concentrating and counting, following and stabilizing the mind. Now he has more time, and naturally he gets into the root depth of the prajna. And according to many meditation masters, well-known, successful meditation masters, the first thing they get into is the inner eye of introspecting the impurity of the body and the mind. Then he begins to introspect. He uses introspect that all the thirty-six categories of his own body—the skin, the flesh, the bones, the organ, the the, 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 the limbs, the, um, the heart, the spleen, the liver—everything inside—are devoid of substantiality. In the Sanskrit language it means sunyata and anicca. Sunyata is emptiness. Anicca anicca is impermanent you will, you would will get into the real realization of sunyata and anicca you know that everything of this is devoid of substantiality the 36 categories of result body is without a self nature and you can sometimes you can actually not only feel you can see the inside of your body with your inner eye, and then you know this body is insubstantial. It's devoid of its own real nature. This body is temporary. This body is sunyata. Even its own consciousness is impermanent. Neither oneself nor anyone exists. Then all of a sudden you get into a wireless of existence you know that you don't exist as the body and the mind. You're devoid of existence. When you know that you don't exist, nirvana slowly creeps up, comes up. But when you get into this level, this is already a very high level. All right, let's go on. Okay, then the cultivation of introspection. Introspection. Body, feelings, mind and dharmas are all devoid of inherent existence. As for Baba, thus a question comes up in the mind. Now I am unable to apprehend the existence of any person or dharma. If everything has no inherent existence, then what could my meditative absorption depend on or relate it to? He begins to introspect through vipassana. He contemplates wisdom. Because he he has been meditating on the body. Do you know that you have been meditating on the body and counting and following? The body feels the breath, right? The body feels the breath, the body has all this breath going around, permeation of the breath. You've been meditating sun. You have been meditating on sao. Sometimes you feel happy, sometimes you feel sad, sometimes you don't like the environment, sometimes you don't like the guy who's next to you who is sweaty and stinks, and sometimes you don't like the, the lady opposite you smells perfume and all that and all that. Some, your, your mind has been wandering all over the place like a monkey and you want to pull, pull back the leash so that the monkey can stay put. Fart, you've been using all kinds of introspections of conceptual ideas to help you to stay put in counting, in following, in stabilization. But all these are now devoid of inherent existence. They are devoid of inherent existence. Then, what do I depend on for further meditation? What do I depend on for further cultivation in the introspection? I finished, in my summary, counting, following, and calming.